This is episode eight of Outlander Cast with Mary and Blake. People disappear all the time. Most are found, eventually. Disappearances, after all, have explanations. Usually. Welcome to Outlander Cast with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. host, Mary Larson. My name is Blake. And I just love a close shave. Gosh, I don't know why anyone would want a razor that big next to your neck. You do, you get close shaves. I love like them. Like whenever we go on vacation and they have like a man spa. Mm-hmm. What is the name for a man spa? A man spa? No, like really? Are there things called man spas? Man spas? Are there? I, I don't know. I, I, I have it, no idea. Would it be called men's spa? No, it. I don't know. I think it would just be spa. a man spa. It needs to end in like an O to make it masculine, so it would be spa-o. A spa-o? Or just a spo. That's what it is. A spo. We just call it a mo. How's that? Captain Blackjack Randall was at the spo. <laughs> That's what he was at. Anyway, what did you think of this episode? Really briefly, because we're going to have a huge, awesome recap. This was the episode that I was waiting for. I feel like we need cheers. I know, right? Like, this is the one that... This is the one. This is the one for you. This is the one. This is the one that is starting to make it happen. I mean, I, I liked this show uh, before this. I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a good time. You didn't love it. Didn't love it. And it wasn't even like that I was like, oh, wow, I can't wait to see Outlander. Uh, it, it, oh, I can't wait to make this happen. And like, I knew I liked it and it was going to be awesome. It was, okay, this is good. Yeah, but, but where's I'm it not going? in love with it. Yeah, yeah, like whatever. See, being a book reader, it's difficult because we know what's coming. Yeah. But I really feel like the anticipation and the, the somewhat slow storyline is much like that of House of Cards. Yes. Or even Downton Abbey. Yes. When I know we, really we've made that to comparison set... to Downton before, but the House of Cards ones is actually, that's actually very uh, pertinent, I, I feel like. I think with the House of Cards, I, I'm going to say it as a little bit of a mirror of this one because you need to understand the politics of that time. Yes. And even though I live now and House of Cards is pretty much like a current theme. It's still pretty foreign. I, I don't live in Washington, D.C. and I am not <laughs> married to a senator or a con. What is he? He's he start, he a, starts, he starts off, off a con- as a congressman. Okay. So I'm not like hip in Congress. I don't really know what's going on. But I know that stuff goes down. Yes. And this is what we're able to learn in these beginning episodes of Outlander, you're able to understand the characters, where they came from, but also the huge political ramifications that are going on in this time. So this was by far, in my opinion, the best episode of the entire series. In one word, why? 
blackjack randall that's not that's three words that's like a hashtag that can be one word bjr yeah there you go there you go yeah <laughs> but bjr B, bjr made this entire episode I, I, there's just no two ways around it well we'll get into your love for him in a little bit but yes, you we did will. write down a note that you wanted to talk about brian kelly versus john Dahl. yes i do the way that i look at this whole scenario is that John Dahl set the cinematic tone. He set the visual aspect of this show. He, he gave it the palette that it's on. He created this feel. World, this whole world. Yeah, he created the feel for it. And you know what? He was very good at it. But now Brian Kelly has essentially taken this show over. And it, he is, I think he's directed at least three or four different episodes. And the way that I see it is... I compared it to uh, Chris Columbus versus David Yates. It's like... Harry Potter. <laughs> I made the Harry Potter reference and not Mary. All right. You're a wizard, Harry. Um, Chris Columbus was the one who directed the first two movies, which was... It was great. It was magical. It was it was like magic. You know, it was, it was, it was fanciful. It was little kids. It was... It set the environment. It set the environment. But David Yates, who ended up directing uh, the movies five through nine, Order of the Phoenix through yeah, eight, through Deathly Hallows Part, part two, two. Uh, he 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 dealt with the meat and potatoes. Yes, he did, and he made that series his. And when yes, Chris Columbus started it, but David Yates finished it. And now, when I think of Harry Potter, I think of David David Yates. And I think that's what's happening with Brian Kelly and John Dahl. Well, see, but we can thank Brian Kelly because we needed to fall in love with Scotland. So much of this show, I say it over and over and over again, this show is beautiful. Yes, it is. I would go see it in a movie theater. I would go see it in an IMAX theater. If they showed Outlander episodes in IMAX, I would go. Yeah, that would be kind of cool, especially those first two episodes. John Dahl, with the way he directed it, yeah, I, I would agree. But what Brian Kelly has done, and, and, and at least from what he has done on the show, he is his style is a much more personal style where he lets the characters uh, stand out as opposed to the beautiful sweeping sets that John Dahl was creating. John Dahl was beautiful, and Brian Kelly is raw. He's the, he's the soul behind it so far. Oh my you gosh, I mean? this is, you are so deep with these directors. <laughs> John and Brian, both of you deserve major props. Yeah, they both have their talents. and They're uh, like uh, peanut butter and jelly. And, you need them both. And I guarantee you, I guarantee, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I guarantee you Brian Kelly was brought on specifically for the Garrison Commander. Uh, do you think that John Dahl will be back for future episodes? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I wonder if he'll be back for the finale. How about if they ever go somewhere different? What do you mean? Like go to England or go to France No, I or mean something? just if they need a new establishing, ad- establishing shots for a new scenery. Oh, no. You see, I think when you bring in a director, you're bringing him in for a very specific reason. And, and to, to helm an episode or two, it has to be something very special and john's special reason was he made us love scotland yeah and also understand claire and where she was correct okay correct. and everything Whereas else brian, is the, he is the interaction person brian okay. kelly he is the person that gives you the, the real personal nature behind the show and you also have to be called out for i know you love comparisons now you've just compared this show to harry potter which is completely different whatever <laughs> i love both so you're okay oh company. i know what's coming up next all right go however ahead. 
a lot of people hated on you. Yes, for they did. comparing Jamie to Justin Bieber. <laughs> yes, you know what? Good. I'm glad all you hated it. You want to know why? Why? Because I'm a contrarian. Oh, really? You always <laughs> say my brother's a contrarian. Yeah, I'm a contrarian when it comes to this kind of stuff. Okay. Listen, I feel like the Justin Bieber comparison uh, was a valid one. And the reason why I say that is this. The Jamie fandom is, they're, they're maniacs. The Jamie fandom is crazy. They, everybody loves Jamie, 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 Jamie. Oh, Jamie this, Jamie that. Like, it's like it's almost oppressive for someone that is not a book reader. Mm-hmm. Uh, for just someone who's just a show watcher, he is important. You can tell that he's important, but I just don't see it. Couldn't you have compared him to the Beatles? N- no, no, because the Beatles were the people- exceptionally talented. Like it, they, Did you, you didn't see Never Say Never. Let me, Justin let me, let Bieber me as a little child. Let me finish. The oh Beatles God. redefined rock and roll. I, I mean, they literally changed the way that you look at the landscape of the world. Okay. Okay. I, okay. Justin Bieber didn't do that, and neither is Jamie. Jamie's not going to do that either. But what Jamie I, is going to make you think about some other things. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Well. And the reason why I made the comparison was because Justin Bieber has all these little fangirls, and all they do is like they cry over Justin Bieber and be like, "Yeah, Bieber." Okay, so you, I'm, I'm gonna cut you short because you're being insulting a little bit to those of us who love Jamie. No, no, let me finish. But, let me finish. Okay. The reason why I'm saying all that is because Justin Bieber, I'm sure, is talented in his own right. I'm sure he does his own things, and that's great. What I, the reason why I compared them is because I don't understand it. I don't understand why all these girls are like, oh my God, Justin Bieber. Then they're crying over Justin Bieber. And I still don't understand why everybody is madly in love with Jamie. It's yet. okay. And you don't need to. And that's why, I made the, yeah, that's why I made the comparison because I don't understand. Not because I was being a dink. But but you can say, I mean, especially in the last episode, not this one, but last week's episode, you said that you liked Jamie's humor. And, you know, yeah. I bet you would want to be Jamie's bro, like his friend. He seems like someone who you could hang out with. Yeah, I think so. But the, the problem is he's like that guy that he's like that perfect guy. And, but he's not. But, well, as of right now, the way he's being portrayed in the he, show, he is. But but he's not. Think about it. As he's portrayed in the show, he doesn't have a cent to his name. Mm-hmm. He's a wanted man. He has been accused of thievery and murder. Yeah, that's true. And he trains horses. And he sleeps half the time with the horses. That's a valid point. So... I completely disagree with you. That's a valid point. I, I mean, I, I think you it, just hear it's just the, the you just swooning. hear the noise from Twitter. That's it, what it is. Well, <laughs> it's it's Twitter and um, you know, it's just people in general. I think that it's that fandom that I'm talking about that just swoons over over Jamie. Sweetheart, I'm telling you, this last three minutes of this episode made me swoon. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, let's calm down. So suck down your swoon because <laughs> we can handle down. this. Before we get into this week's episode recap, I just want to give a quick shout out to our iTunes friend, Bob from Princeton. He left us an awesome review on iTunes. Oh, yeah. He said he is still watching the show because of Outlander cast. Really? So here's another guy. And, I, and I'm always interested to hear a guy's point of view on this show. Okay. Bob says that he started watching Outlander because of Ron Moore. Makes sense. After watching the first episode, however, I thought this show was more of a romance and not a historical drama. I decided to move on from it. However, after listening to Outlander cast, Mary and Blake have shown me the light. First off, they are great communicators. Second, they balance each other out in terms of how he is looking at the show Uh and how she is looking at the show. The different perspectives have really helped me to see that this is indeed a historical drama and not primarily a romance. Wow. 
I usually listen to their podcast first and then watch the episode, and I am all the better for it. Disclaimer. I loved the ending of Lost. Oh, that's my boy. So I should tell you what type of viewer I am. So, Bob, thank you so much for this. You know, I'm really happy to hear that you've stuck it out because hopefully I, I would love, send us a message. I want to know what you thought of this particular episode because I feel like this is the one that got the guys on board. I guarantee you he thinks that Jamie is Justin Bieber. He <laughs> well, totally agrees Bob, with my assessment. We, we need to hear from you. Was Is Jamie Justin Bieber? Let us know. And listen, Bob's my boy. He knows it now because he loves the ending of Lost. <laughs> Okay. If you anyway. if that's the way to my hat. If for anybody of you that wants to get on my good side, tell me that you like the ending of Lost. Anyway, I, the reason the way that I won Blake's heart is I told him I love Star Wars. That's so, true. You know. That's true. We sat down and had like nine, ten Guinnesses together. Yeah. Got him in and she told me how she freaked out when Yoda brought out his lightsaber in episode two. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to tell that story, do you? It's already been told. <laughs> let's jump into this week's episode recap. First thing, this episode started right where we left off last episode, which is very different. But one thing really caught me off. Why did Claire have two horses? <laughs> did Claire have that much soap that she needed a second horse? <laughs> I don't know if that was an accident or if someone just thought maybe this would be Dougal's horse, even though Dougal wasn't there in the beginning when she needed two horses. But I even noticed this when I rewatched the last week's episode. Claire has two horses and doesn't need them. Luckily, think it must have been Dougal's horse. It had to have been. Then it was misplaced in a scene when she was first like washing. Yeah. Or else Dougal was washing, watching her wash. Which well, he was. Been for he, like he quite some time. Was. Anyway, so... Claire, of course, is there, and Gaston comes, a.k.a. Lieutenant Jeremy. <laughs> he comes and asks her, but let's be honest, he is Gaston. He is dashing, but probably not a really nice guy. No, I, I don't think so. We don't, we don't know. We don't know. Lieutenant Jeremy, who like is a blacksmith on the side, whatever, <laughs> he, he asks her, are you okay? Are you here on your own accord? Claire takes way too freaking long to answer, are you, and she's not even... Sassanok wasted at this point. She, I just loved it. It was like a good solid five seconds. And Claire should have just said, I'm all set. I'm fine. Or she should have said, raised her hand. Raised her hand and said, I need an adult. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that Katniss says? Oh, uh, I volunteer as tribute. I, that's, what, that's what she should have either done. She should have raised her hand and said, I volunteer as tribute. Please take me along with your English men. Or I'm all set. And she didn't. She kind of like bit her lip a little bit, looked around. You think she was really struggling this. with that? With this she whole totally idea? She totally was. She totally was. She didn't know. I mean, girlfriend's goal is to get back to Inverness. We know that. Yes. But she's definitely struggling with the fact that she has befriended the, the Scots. And she knows that these them. guys are going to croak too. Yeah. And so she's really grappling with that. And she knows that they're going to die, most of them, at the hands of these redcoats. So... Mm-hmm. She just took way too long, and I wouldn't have believed her. No. Claire, no. Uh, Claire in the books is known as being a really bad liar. She's pretty much as good a liar as me. <laughs> and has it all over her face. It is said multiple times. And I liked this because it just was so awkward. You just look at her and like, Claire, just, no, give up, girl, give up, girlfriend. And clearly he didn't believe her either. No, he was either like, she's either lying or wicked dumb. Either so way, we're we need to take her. her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Gaston and Dougal go for a ride with along with their merry red coats. And Claire is so excited to hear accents like hers. Because this is what I'm thinking. This is my little side note. Okay. I wrote down, 
She's not going to hear nasty Gaelic jokes with these fellas. <laughs> sure enough, they call her an English rose. They're not going to be like making perverted jokes behind her bath and Gaelic. No, no way, Jose. No way. But she gets cocky in her little inner monologue and says, oh, Dougal's the outlander now. Oh. But no, she said it in her inner monologue, so it's I, really No, okay. I know, I know, but like internally, I mean, I guess you could think that, I would have thought the same exact thing. Are you kidding me? I would have been like, yeah, these but this are is my the guy, peeps. This is the guy that just... Uh, Stuck up for you and said, "Hey, if the late if the lady goes, I'm going too." Uh, that is not sticking up, in my opinion. At this point, he sees Claire as kind of like his his posse, his property. She's his healer. All right, yeah. it's it's not him being Mister Heroic. But don't you think she earned her place among his little uh, his sometimes little, his little group there? Um, yeah. Except- and with that said, doesn't don't you think that she is? deserving of a, a, a modicum of respect maybe a little but remind remember at the end of this episode he pulls a knife on her and is about like literally yes or no away from killing her that is true so you know i think dougal's in this because dougal likes to just know what's up with the british hey if he gets to be in there and have some ale and listen to what what the the english are up to so do you, do you think that's what he gets to gain from all of this oh yeah he gets safe passage into hanging out with the english he gets to be with claire I, win-win for dougal he gets to see the garrison yes and he gets to look look around see how many men are there um the Beethoven wig party, you mean? Okay, Claire goes up, and it is literally like people went on to Oriental Trading. You know that website when you can buy yeah. like really cheap party things? Yes. And everyone just went crazy and bought a million Beethoven wigs. Listen. Beethoven wigs for everybody. You know when you go to a white party on like a cruise, <laughs> and everyone has to wear white? All these guys had to wear white rigs, and it was all-you-can-eat buffet. That this was, was the like a style then. This was the 1743 cruise ship, all right? White wig <laughs> party, an all-you-can-eat buffet of venison that Captain Lord Farquaad, a.k.a. Sir Oliver Thomas. But oh, is that honest. what we're calling him now? Okay, you know the movie Shrek? Oh, yeah. I love Shrek. Lord Farquaad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this guy was. I couldn't take him seriously no. at all. <laughs> oh, Lord Farquaad. Okay, so Lord Farquaad in Shrek. Yes, the animated feature Shrek, which, if you haven't seen it, is probably one of the best animated movies I've ever seen in my entire life. As voiced by John Lithgow, no less. And Mike Myers. Anyway, so John Lithgow is Lord Farquaad, and Lord <laughs> Farquaad is such a chicken that he sends Shrek an ogre to go save the princess. Like, Lord Farquaad does not lift a finger. This guy doesn't lift a finger unless it's to open his new bottle of claret, okay? <laughs> How I think of Sir Oliver Thomas, though, is he is the book smarts. He was obviously probably wealthy, well-born, went to school, so he got to skip a lot of the steps. He was never, like, infantry level. Mm-hmm. He just went to being really smart. He's probably great at battle planning, Yep. He probably can read maps very well. He's a topographer, I bet. He probably is. And he also is a fine, fine wine connoisseur. <laughs> this is the 1935 Claret. <laughs> not 19... Not, not, not oh, 1735. Yeah, if it girl. was 1935, he would have pulled it from the stone. Yeah. <laughs> Lord Farquaad. Anyway, that's what I'm going to refer to him as because I couldn't take him seriously. So... Lord Farquaad, though, he thinks, first of all, he thinks he's the king of the castle because all of these guys king of are his castle, minions. King of the castle. They follow anything he said. It reminded me of that movie Mean Girls with Lindsay Lohan oh, where yes. all the girls follow the popular girl around. So if you're telling a joke and you're popular, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> and all of these guys at the table, what were those girls called? <laughs> uh, the plastics. The plastics. <laughs> 
all of these guys sitting at the table with we Lord Farquaad. We have to call them like the plastics. plastics from now on. We are. We all oh. the Beethoven wearing wig guys. Oh. They followed along. Oh, you're joking? Ha ha ha. Oh, oh my wait. god. You're complimenting Claire and telling her she's a English rose. Ha ha ha. Yes, she is. Whatever. So Lord Farquaad takes a couple digs at Dougal, who is standing there so strong. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, not being rude, Dougal is trying his best to compose himself to be there as Claire's guardian. Because you know it's sitting, it's eating him alive. Oh, he sees these people eating all this venison, drinking all this wine, and being living dinks. in this luxury when he knows that they're out there crucifying his own people. Yeah, and he's and they're asking him questions, and he's answering. He goes, and he he gives him his own answers oh, and his own ask accent. Him, what should we call you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he says, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm McKen- You can call me Mackenzie, or if you were getting formal about things, you can call me Chief Mackenzie and stuff like that. And the guy says, I don't know about the rest of you. I don't know about the rest of you, but I fail to understand a single word the creature has said. Right in front of Dougal. Like really? You know what? Lord Farquaad needed, like, a dumb button to be pushed right then <laughs> because. I'll tell you something. This was not in the books. Oh, it wasn't? No. Oh, I remember you saying this. This whole scene was different. Yeah, I'm sitting there going, okay, this is interesting. Um, All right, we'll see how this goes. So, Lair Fogquad, I hope he gets handed his butt on a silver platter by oh, Dougal he's gonna. in future episodes. He's gonna. Because... You just don't say that to Dougal McKenzie. Dougal McKenzie is one of the roughest, toughest men in all of Scotland. Mm -hmm. And you just called him a creature. Right to his face. And had all of your little plastic. And like you talked about him like he wasn't even there. Yes. You know? And then he makes a joke about what's under men's kilts. Oh, my God. And and then then he's talking about the, the accent and everything. And Dougal says, you know, if you wanted to hear hear a London accent, why don't you go back to london which i loved and yet it was so right on it was right on it was that that's like a total power move by dougal like hey fine you don't like it get the hell out of here you don't belong here anyway and then of course we have blake and i actually had this interaction with a family member we have a family member that moved to massachusetts it's an extended family member we'll just say that way a step family member and he whined because he lives in massachusetts now and he's like oh yes massachusetts sucks it snows in massachusetts florida's so much better and uh one of blake's family members who uh, doesn't really hold her tongue. She's kind of like Claire, you know? A little bit. In the in the way that Claire doesn't know when to stop talking. Mm-hmm. This family member posted on Facebook as this guy was going on a rant, we'll just move back to Florida then. Just get out. We don't need you here anyway, dude. And uh, that, that didn't go over so well. So in that sense, Dougal's comment about just go back to London didn't go over very well Not either. Because really, Gaston freaks out. and It wasn't Gaston. No, it, Gaston freaked out. Because remember, he pulls out his sword. He's like, if you keep talking like that, da-da-da-da-da. And Dougal says to him, if you pull that needle out, we'll see who pricks who. And I thought that was great. Like, this is this he is called Dougal it needle, at his best. and yeah. it got me so excited. <laughs> because all I could picture was Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. I know. I call it needle. I pictured her to come up from under the table, like, eating their scraps. Because she's so, so witty. Like, this is needle. That's not needle. Anyway, um... Claire, of course, just tries to be really careful. And she says, boys, stop. Stop this bickering. It's all right. You know, sometimes we can't even understand English accents. So it's fine. 
don't don't diss with anybody. Don't be inappropriate. Let's all be adults. And I was happy that she did that. And Farquaad's like, my word, madam, if I were brave enough, I would commission you a colonel in one of my regiments. You do know how to order men about. I feel like you need to say in the Lord Farquaad voice. <laughs> do you know? Do you know how to do no, it? No, I don't. What do you got for me? Oh, God. Well, actually, his voice is very low, but I'm like making fun of him. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So. And then Duke was like, I... She does that. And I thought that was so cute. That was a great line. And then like, because he's sitting there like, yeah, I know this girl. You guys have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Like, good luck inviting this girl to dinner with an all-you-can-eat and drink buffet. Good mm-hmm. luck. You're going to have... And then she she wins them all over. Well, Dougal leaves because he's all set with these British people. Yeah, he wants to go have some ale. Yeah, you know, it's much better downstairs. And she is just... She's into this fancy dinner. I hate fancy dinners. Like, what is that gross, mushy stuff called pate? Oh, pate. Okay, you want to know the main reason I hate pate? Why is that? Because I feed my cats things that are called pate. And I'm like, when I go out to these fancy restaurants and and they're offering pate, is is it just um, friskies? Is that that what they're doing? (laughs) Is it just handing me friskies? Just making it really fancy, calling it pate? Because it's the same thing, I think. Crudite. Gosh, any of that stuff, any of that Tay. Give me a burger <laughs> any day and I will take it. Anything, any- and anything ending in Tay pretty much sucks. Oh, God. I'm like nauseous all of a sudden. <laughs> anyway, so Claire's at this very fancy dinner, tons of great wine. But Lots that's a of prob- wine. But that's a problem for Claire. Okay, Claire knows how to drink. We we understand this. We know it. Yeah, We've seen it happen before. Her- but she gets in trouble when yeah. she drinks so much. And so she's here like, she is. I'll take some more wine then. Well, she feels like she's winning them over because they said, you know, we know that you have an extraordinary story. And she gets that these guys want to help her and that they want her to go back to Inverness. So she becomes the belle of the ball. Mm -hmm. She's whining and dining them, getting Sassanac wasted all over again with these fine fellas Mm -hmm. who are pretty much drooling over her. They haven't seen an English lady in a very long time. Mm -hmm. So these soldiers, they are hanging on every single word that Claire says. Yep. And Claire's just going to town. She might hopefully be taking Frank's advice and saying mostly the truth. And they think that she went on this amazing adventure. And they want to help her. Until? Until our friend Blackjack Randall walks in. All of fluster. And, okay, so we we know in a little bit, little while, a rebellion, a little rebellion's going to happen. Not a little, but it's going to be a rebellion. I mean, yeah. Is that where we think Blackjack Randall came from? Because he came in... All dirty, all a fluster. He was like Pigpen from Charlie Brown. Like <laughs> yep. literally brought in a thing of dust and little fall cloud. It's like, you're ruining the wand. You're ruining the claret. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and Lovely's like, yes, we must protect the claret. <laughs> and BJR comes in and he's like, OMG, guys, Dougal McKenzie is here. He's drinking downstairs. He, they're like, yes, yes, I know, I know. And then he he's like putting his place a little bit because they're like, no kidding leave us alone and you're ruining our wine it was oh god i don't feel ever bad for bjr but it kind of reminded me when you know you're in middle school and you go try to sit at the popular table and they're like can't sit here <laughs> or, or that scene from forrest, forrest gump, gump. Oh, can't sit god. here that's seats taken <laughs> taken like and they literally said there's no seat here oh no they said that to Dougal but that's how BJR felt for a little bit oh definitely a little bit and everyone's kind of like rolling their eyes and you you almost know that as soon as he leaves they want to crack a joke about him mm-hmm. like 
Did you see how dirty he was? <laughs> he obviously doesn't know how to read maps. <laughs> Whatever. He starts to walk out. Plastics. And then comes the longest and most awkward eye conversation I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, man. This like, was great. This was good stuff, too. You know when you make sexy eyes to someone across the room and then oh, you yeah. realize you're not being really sexy, but you've just been creepy? <laughs> But it's that long that you're like, oh, God, I was just really creepy. That's kind of what this was like, except it was really creepy. And it was almost like BJR and Claire were thinking, am I going to out you? Yeah. And they had this inner monologue with each other, you know, uh, not even monologue because that's just one person. But they had this kind of like telepathic It was a back and forth. You could tell. Where he was like, I know you. You were that girl I called a whore in the middle of the woods. And And I tried to rape. Yeah. and, and, And she was saying, I know you. You were the guy that tried to rape me. Oh, you want to talk about me? Because I'm going to tell all of my new friends, the plastic is, and Lord Farquaad, that you tried to rape me. And I, he was like, girl, no one's going to rape you. And she's like, mm-hmm. They sure, <laughs> they sure are. They sure are. Bring it. And then Lord Farquaad is basically standing there being like, um, you guys have had awkward eyes for five minutes. <laughs> is everything all right? And they say, we think we recognize each other, but we don't. Yeah, from a moment there, the lady did look familiar, but I can see now that... I was wrong. Do you think Claire should have said something in that moment? Hell no. For the first time, she finally did something that she was supposed to do. I completely disagree. Really? Okay, so as I said, this didn't happen in the books. And I was sitting here watching this thinking, God, Claire, just say, this gentleman attacked me in the woods. Maybe that part was even in her story. We don't know. Mm -hmm. Claire could have said that she has all of these plastics in Lord Farquaad holding on to Every single word that she says. Mm-hmm. And she could have thrown BJR right under the table, got him in trouble for all the terrible things that he's done, and she would have been on her way to Inverness. But instead, something happens. And BJR decides to brush himself off and stay after all. And this was great because it gave you a complete picture of what's happening with this scene and also the people involved in this scene you have lord farquaad over here eating the venison like being a dink and then you have bjr who is out there getting dirty boots on the ground killing scots you know like doing what he's got to do what he thinks he's made to do and he now wants to stay and eat with these fellas yeah. Or it looks like he will he starts brushing himself off and knocking kicks, the mud off of his and boots quick kicks his boots thought that was phenomenal and he's brushing it off and he's like what did that remind you of it just reminded me of like busting balls like it it just reminded me of someone who was doing it just to like make fun of you it reminded me of our toddler (laughs) it reminded me right now reese our, our son he's playing this game where he likes to climb up on our table our coffee table yep and we have taught him get down please stop get down and he'll look at you very slowly and put his arms up very slowly and act like he's going to push himself up and he sometimes even picks an arm uh, a leg up and, he <laughs> and he'll look at, at you, you the whole time just like bjr did just like bjr was given that stare like oh look at me yeah oh you're afraid of this dust well guess what i'm gonna kick it all over the place and that's exactly what our 17 month old does he <laughs> stares at us and he's like oh you don't want me to get up on the table oh oh you don't, you don't want my foot up on the table? Well, look at this. <laughs> Guess what I'm going to do. Guess what's coming up on the table. How do you like me now? 
Guess what dust is getting in your claret? <laughs> there you go. So BGR comes in and talks about a gentleman that he just found, who not just a gentleman, a soldier, who is tied to a tree. And unfortunately, while his legs were crossed and his arms were in his lap, his arms also happened to be cradling a head. Except before BJR could say that, Claire was like, oh, he was tied to a tree. Must have been a prank. Except no, Claire. No, it's actually because he got beheaded, actually. <sighs> How do you like me now? How do you like me now? <laughs> so Claire then goes off on a tangent, and they do a little bit of a pissing match, for the lack of a better word. But in it, Claire outs herself as being someone who sympathizes with the Scots. Yeah, she ends up saying that uh, the Scots just want the same freedoms that we enjoy, freedoms we take for granted. They're not the aggressors. We are. It's their land, and we're occupying it. And and then BJR comes out with the, all this time we're living with the savages. I have to wonder if Dougal Mackenzie shared more than food and shelter with the lady. Perhaps he also shared his bed. Oh, God. So it, to make matters worse, I mean, Claire just dug herself a hole. And you could tell as soon as she said that, when she actually verbalized that she sympathized with the Scots. Yeah. You realize that she was like, oh, I shouldn't have that many glasses. She, <laughs> she's like, Oops. what did I just get myself into? Oops. Uh, can we rewind? Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody. No, you can't do that. You guys no. don't have records yet? No, uh, apparently uh, not. <laughs> right. So she says that. And yeah. And then BJR comes in and says, oh, I bet you slept with Dougal as well. And she just freaks out. Which Claire... Stop. And she keeps talking and talking and talking. And you know what? B- this is why BJR is, BJR is so smart. Because he knew that this was going to happen. He knew that she was going to... She tipped her cards. He saw the weakness and he jumped right on it. Mm-hmm. He could tell that she all she did was just talk. Uh, and she can't help herself. So what did he do? He incites her a little bit. And she says all that crap about the same freedoms and yada yada. And then she gets herself into trouble with... Not only the plastics, but especially Lord Farquaad. He says, I believe it's the king's land, not the Scots' land. Oh, God, Claire. And I must say, I find your sympathies extraordinarily puzzling. And she says, oh, yeah, well, you know, my king... I, you have I, to do it in her voice. My, oh, my loyalty is just nothing but to the king's crown. Like, And lady, shut up. You just lied, and you're now trying to cover yourself up. You're trying to cover yourself up, and everyone can see right through you. You're a bad liar. Just get over it. And, and, and of course, she's trying desperately because she sees her chance to get to Inverness literally going through her fingers. I loved the facial expressions of... Lord Farquaad, mm-hmm. while she was saying, "I just they just want the same freedoms as us. Oh, my God. It was like it was almost sickening it was like you swore in church i know right i've never sworn actually no uh, and no we've sworn in church i don't yeah we have we have oh i'm sure we have i don't i hope i haven't well you see now this is the thing this is where claire gets herself in trouble and she keeps doing it because 1743 britain i'm sorry scotland and england is completely different than 1945 england all right in 1743 they are at the height of of the British Empire. The height. This is right before the French and Indian War, before the American Revolution. What, what? <laughs> the American Revolution literally set off 
a, a cascade of dominoes in the British Empire that made it fall, not fall, but come very close to falling. And then we have 1945 England, who, who's got its butt kicked a, a little while. By us Yankees. Well, here's the thing. And it, it's, it's so tough because these some of these British, especially these ones sitting at this table, as I said, probably haven't really fought that much. Probably haven't gotten their hands duty, dirty. And they just believe what they're told and what they read. And they should. Yeah, They should be, at that time. It'd because be like us being told, hey, guess what? Vermont wants to be its own country. And we'd be like, are you kidding me? You're like, that's really dumb. What are you talking it's, about? It was actually part of one of the 13 original colonies. Why, why would that even happen? And, and then they, But they should feel like that. Because literally nobody has beaten them. They are the greatest empire the world has ever known at that time at that time and they have a sense of entitlement and they have every due right to have that entitlement because the the actions speak for themselves they do so you, can you imagine trying to convince these people that the Scots deserve the freedoms that they have i think claire realized that right after she finished saying it cuz the shot of katrina mm-hmm. when the british were questioning her and yep. they're saying this is the king's land she already had tears in her eyes and i never realized she has a cleft chin does she really yep and she even got like you know the wrinkle in between your two uh eyebrows yeah she even got that really it was like there's so much tension in her face and the oh my god what did i just do and she shakes her head and you can see her blinking away a little bit of tears and she's exactly she's saying that they her loyalties lied to the king and she's just trying and she's talking way too much and these guys are giving her stink eye and that's when she gets saved saved by the bell aka the scottish rebellion that's happening outside mm, oh my god i know and, 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 and she goes downstairs and she sees dougal and she's like oh my god is, was this your people and he says no no they wouldn't be that stupid they would come check with me first before they did anything why does she go downstairs uh because there's a guy that's being brought down there and she can't help herself she's a nurse she wants to help out and the guy's been shot. And the makeup work for this oh. guy was phenomenal. Like, you see, the, you see the bullet wound in his arm. Yeah, whatever. Okay, we've all seen bullet wounds on TV. Who cares? But they have that slight shot of his tricep when they lift his arm up. And you see the skin just hanging there. Like, like it's just sawed off ham. You know what I mean? And it's just... It's just blood's pouring out and you you have the voiceover where Claire says that she knows that she hasn't done this in a while but that arm's gotta go. Dougal sees her there and he asks if she's okay and she's like of course but she focuses and she focuses on doing what Claire does best healing people. Yeah. And all of those plastics leave. They probably They're go gone. No but they're probably going to go fight or secure the building. Who knows what? But while she's taking care of this guy's arm until the guy comes out with a sore a saw. A saw. <laughs> okay. The sword would have been better and truthfully truthfully, there was a fireplace over there, so there's probably an axe nearby. Please just take it off in one clean whack oh, don't saw this poor guy just hacking arm. it <laughs> oh my god that was i could not watch oh that I was good she's like oh my god tell me what i can watch tell me what i can watch you know she was all freaked out yeah. by it Dude, couldn't even look at the screen why did we need to know that that hanky was that guy's wife's i don't know that's a little awkward that was kind of weird that's that that's valid point i kind of felt bad for the wife i kind of felt bad for that guy and then Claire, I think, was waving her. I don't even know. But <laughs> here's here was my biggest issue with this episode. Okay. Like, this episode was awesome. Yeah. Except for one thing. 
Claire goes back up to the room. Yes. Why? For what purpose? They don't really say it, and it doesn't make any logical sense. I would have preferred that one of the plastics or someone escorted her up. To yeah, the maybe room. she felt like the plastics were still there. She she goes back because she wants to have dessert. She was promised a five course <laughs> meal, and she knows that apple crisp is I'm getting my creme coming. brulee. Damn it! Right? She knows it's fancy time or banana foster. Oh, that's what she probably thought was coming. I bet you they have a little British soldier out there with the frying pan and. and, and. What was big in the fifties? Was that when baked Alaska started to come out, or was it the sixties? Oh, I don't know when the baked Alaska came out. Oh, that stuff's good too. What was good? What was big? Like. But, Hey, let's go get chocolate milk shakes, guys. Maybe she got ice cream. I don't know. But Claire goes up to the dining room where everyone was. And I just, I had such an issue with this. I understood for plot reasons that she had to go back up. Yes. But I didn't get it. I'm like, Claire, you walk in and you see Blackjack Randall being shaved and you still stay in the room. I would have been like, I'm going to leave you two alone. Hey, look at the time. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go check on that man whose arm was just so... It's probably still being sawed off because it was that long. <laughs> I'm going to go get the hatchet that Mary was talking about and get... She should have pulled the, the Peter Griffin and was like... Well, about time for me to be hitting the old dusty trail. I understand this had to happen, as I said. Yep. As, up until now, the episode was very different than the book. So I get it. But I watched this and I was like, why? why? So this shaving scene was not in, in the book? No, no, I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about the di- dinner scene. Oh, the dinner scene. The dinner scene, scene okay. with all these guys. So I don't understand why she went back and stayed in this room. I would have just about faced and been like, oh, I hear a fine young lad screaming. <laughs> Once again, my nursely duties call. See you later. But okay, so now we have the, the, the shaving scene, which in my estimation is where this episode really begins it really begins here because now you're seeing the kind of person that bjr is and not necessarily that he's this monster but he is a man who's thinking and he is a man who's taking control of the situation he's had enough i'm gonna handle this from now on and and, you know when the guy nicks his cheek and i could oh i just like i felt bad i felt so bad for him and then, of course, BJR gets him down on, on the on the chair and he starts talking about, you can't be nervous. You are in control of your nerves and your nerves are not in control of you. The more important part of this shaving scene was the flashback to Frank. Yes. And that beautiful, that beautiful nightgown, which I need to get. I'm surprised that she was so... Um, Carefully covered in such a deep <laughs> neckline. My goodness, I uh, I would need some tape on that situation. But I loved that flashback. That I was loved great. Her shaving him and him asking her to to keep this special old blade safe. Yeah, and she said, "Who's going to keep me safe?" And he says, "That's my job." Loved. Loved this. It, it was, was such great. a precious little moment. And I really liked it because we got to see how different Tobias Menzies, um, just how how strong his acting abilities are. Yeah. How he portrayed Frank as a sweet, kind, loving, gentle man. Yes. Albeit a little nerdy, albeit a little dorky, you know, with, with his history lessons. And then you contrast that with the sheer iciness and disgusting nature i would say almost say malevolent you know it's it's he is pure malevolence yes um 
Blackjack Randall. And I cannot compliment Tobias Menzies any, any more than saying that this portrayal of both Frank and, and uh, BJR was triumphant. It really was. It, it, it was just seeing the different, it was almost like it was two different actors. You know, I could see, I remember earlier I said I hated the fact that it was the same guy playing two different act, like two two different characters. But the way that this guy has transformed himself between the two, it's just, it's it's almost unparalleled. They needed to do this though, because he did look so much like him. Yeah. I mean, it is just over and over. The reason that Claire thinks about Frank is because... Black Jack Randall reminds her so much of him. Yeah. It's not that she's just having this random flashback, like, oh, remember when I shaved my husband? No, she's seeing a guy that looks just like her husband in a situation yeah. that they had. And the whole, so. the, whole, the whole thing with the blade isn't necessarily about the blade, and it's nice to know, it's nice to, ha- it's nice to have that exposition about the fact that you know, this blade's been around forever, and it's his, it's his family, family heirloom, and oh, you know, it, it's dull, it'll cut me, yada yada. And then you turn around, you see the same exact blade in, in this guy's hands. It, it's about that, but it's not. It's about showing you the two very different people that Claire is seeing in, in her mind and in reality. That's what this is all about. It's, it's setting that stage for what's about to come. How did it make you feel to see Frank? It made me feel great because it makes you want her to get back to Frank. I feel like everybody overlooks Frank way too easily because everyone's so concerned with Jamie and Claire. But Frank really is a good guy. And I know I proclaimed that I'm Team Frank, Team Frank this and Team Frank that. I agree. But seeing their love is something that is innocent almost. And it makes me feel like she really needs to get back to him. But instead, she's stuck in 1743 with the gentleman who is now questioning where she's from. He even asks her, oh, do you speak French? Oh, yes, very well. And then they say some other things in French. And she then points out his heritage, like where he's from, his, yeah, oh, his yes. hometown. He says, because he, he says to her, oh, there, there are no uh, Beecham's in Oxfordshire that I know of. Yes. And she says, well, how would you know that? You're from Sussex. And you see her moment like, oh. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. I'm not supposed to know that. And of course, he goes, well, how would you know that? And she says, well, it's because of your accent, you know? And she and she ends up saying, well, I have a lot of tutors and a lot of my parents spent a lot of money and they would both be very upset if they actually heard this from you. Blackjack Randall had these little smarmy smirks as he talked to her. Yes. He would occasionally like smile and even furrowed and I just loved how Tobias furrows his brow so much when he's BJR. Even and- when he even when he comes out to her and he says um, that the memory, the mere memory of trying to come, come on to you leaves me ashamed. And the way that he says it to her, it's almost very like concerned and caring. And I, and I actually kind of believed him. I agree. Even though I knew I shouldn't believe him. <laughs> I was like falling for this trap correct that black jack randall so here's the thing black jack randall was probably like jack bauer you know they have the same name jack <laughs> well that that's He's a beginning probably used to interrogations. oh yeah and he knows how to play someone who's in a 
very precarious situation. And he's also used to reading lies. Oh, yeah. And he can. He's totally doing it because she tells some tale about how she fell in love with this guy and he left her there. And and he's like, oh, why don't you tell me the guy's name? And she says, oh, I don't want to give you the name because it would ruin his career. She should have just made up a name. Once again, I I knew this was going to happen. Claire, just make something. I'd say, you know, he probably gave me a fake. Yeah, it's Bob Smith. Bob Smith, Claire. And you could say, well, and if, if it didn't pan out, you say, he probably gave me a fake name because he just wanted to take advantage of me. You know, and that's armchair quarterback a little bit. That's 2020 hindsight. But the thing I loved that he was doing was he was drawing her image on that napkin as she was speaking. And it's, you can just tell that he's soaking her all in. Beautiful liar. What did you, did you know he was drawing her? It was kind of like Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. <laughs> in Titanic, draw me with this and only this. Did you know he was drawing? I, I had a feeling that he was drawing. I didn't know necessarily of what it was going to be. I thought he was writing down the facts so he could go and cross-check, oh. cross-check them. Okay, that's a very good one. I like that idea. But no, he was trying to terribly sketch he could not work in new york city as a sketch artist no i mean it was good but it was it wasn't that good he's like she's like oh you captured my likeness and and you know what he did and not just her physical likeness but he caught he was looking at her capital h her as a liar and he see he saw right through everything and he interpreted her the way that he drew her and you could tell her mouth was very dark and it was, uh, it was very, it was extremely like, um, vivid, and all the things that were coming out of her mouth were vivid. All the lies were vivid, but they weren't enough. Do you think Tobias drew this for real? Hell no! Really? Hell no! That's some editing right there. Really? That's some serious. No way, Tobias. I bet you he can't even draw stick figures. The man's an actor. That's what he does. He acts. He doesn't draw. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't a really complicated drawing. And he calls it beautiful lies. Which was great because obviously Claire is beautiful. I mean, there's no way around it, but she's a liar. And then she realizes that there's just no way that she can get out of this. And then and then he, he cuts through all the crap. He tells her. Oh, he baits her. He says, oh, you want to go to Inverness? Well, guess what? I know you're with Jackbite people. Oh, yeah. So I want you to tell me everything about it and no more lies. I will tell you about me and, I will t- and you will tell me about you. Should Claire have taken this offer? Oh, man. This, In hindsight. See, this is a tough one because you talk to a man at 1743 about traveling through time and guess what's going to happen? No, you don't tell them traveling through time. You tell them what you learned by all of these little uh, travels okay. during when, we're, when the scene rent. Yep. Tell them what you learned and he will let you go. This Well, see, now that's the thing that you're running into. Will he let you go if you do tell him? So let's say you tell him he doesn't let you go. Now you've just given up the party, that, the only people that have your back so far, and now you've given them up. Or you tell him or you don't tell him and then you cause a problem. And that's when he says, I would not believe you if you told me that night is dark. And, and day, day is, is bright. bright. Oh man! It, Best line of the entire episode. It was that was a pretty good one. That was a pretty good one, and you knew from that point on that this was this was not going to go well for Claire. It, it just it just wasn't. That's when Claire pouts and she sits down. She says, "I'm going to wait for Lord Farquaad to come back." <laughs> and he says, "You can you can wait for all you like. You are not going to leave this room until I'm happy. Until I'm happy with what you have to say, and I get all my answers." Nothing is going to happen. Well, that's when they have the wonderful flashback. And by wonderful, I mean disgusting and so sad. And he talks about breaking Jamie. Oh, oh my God. 
this is this is the problem that I have with this whole with this whole part. Claire brings up Jamie, and Claire, what are you thinking? Oh, not only does she bring him up, but she says like, by the way, he's at Castle Leoc. <gasps> I know, like you are literally pointing Blackjack Randall and where to go. Now that doesn't mean he doesn't know where Castle Leoc is already. But you are telling this person who was wanted, who has a price on his head, that, that that's where he is. Are you? That is the dumbest thing you could, I could ever possibly think of. And poor Jamie. At the end of this episode, he says, what kind of a friend would I be? You know what, Claire? You are not a good friend when you've Hell been drinking. No. Because you just outed Jamie to Captain Blackjack Randall. And in this episode, uh, it strays from the books a little bit because Blackjack Randall says that someone else whipped Jamie 100 times. And that he didn't cry. And that is the reason why he wanted to whip him a hundred more times. Yes, because he, he felt like he deserved, Jamie deserved to wail out in pain and, and say, yes, you're right. I'm sorry. It's for the king, king and country. Blackjack says to Jamie, he looks him in the face and he says, I will break you. Oh, that was great. And we saw Dougal McKenzie. He was there. He was one of the people watching. How sad. Not being able to do a damn thing about it either. No. Couldn't do a damn thing. And this this is when the show gets real. This is what makes it happen for me. Um, Special effects makeup artists. Holy Oh my God, smokes. the blood coming down. I don't even know how they did that. It was disgusting. And then you have the, then you have the skin in his back just flapping in the wind. Like literally like it's just hanging there. Oh my goodness. I cannot get over how well done that was. And I am not a blood person. I hate like gory movies. I usually cover my eyes in these moments. I didn't watch this, the arm being sawed off. I watched this yeah. because it was a beautifully sad and disgusting and horrible thing that was being done. And the artists who created Jamie's back. Oh Phenomenal. my gosh. And now, see, this is where the show excels. First of all, the, the writing the, the writing for this particular scene was great. All right, but and this is where Brian Kelly comes in. Do you know how hard it is to have this much part of the show dedicated to two people in one little room having a conversation? It, it reminded me a lot of Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. It, it reminded me of Anthony Hopkins telling um, Jodie Foster that you're a rube. You, you know, you're trying to get rid of your, you know, slight West Virginia accent. Was your, was your father a coal miner? You know, that kind of thing. It was absolutely great. And in Silence of the Lambs, they, they had close-ups right on their faces. And that's what Brian Kelly did for yes. this episode. He did it. He had it from, like, the shoulders up. You, yeah, you, all you did was catch their face. And I remember Jonathan Demme, who was a director of the Silence of the Lambs, saying, any word or anything that comes out of a person's mouth, it tells a story. But what shows the story is a person's face. Oh my gosh. And it makes you believe what's happening right in front of your face. It was zoomed in on Tobias Blackjack Randall's face oh. as he's talking about feeling the whip. And he knew he was hurting Jamie and about feeling the whip. Oh, coming up through his through arm. Through his arm. And he starts talking about, you know, a hundred lashes, your arm gets tired. But he also said the boy would not beg for mercy. Wouldn't do it. That's what he wanted. Yeah, he so wanted he kept going. Jamie to cry out. And he, and he kept going and then finally got so bad that one of his guys uh, faints mm-hmm. and everybody starts laughing. And then this is when you see Blackjack Randall just 
like lose it in in his own little way. Why do you think he lost it? Because they were, I think they were, they were. He he felt a little insecure about what was happening. He was tired. He was kind of falling over himself as he was doing it. He was losing, and he and he he Jamie was beating him essentially. And then all of a sudden, something in his brain just snapped. It just it just took over. You know, it, 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 that was the end. He was going to prove this point. And it, it wasn't about making the boy cry out anymore. It was just about the, the, the sheer beauty of it. You know, and he says, he said, he said, I think it was in that moment I decided to bleed him to the bone. You know, and, he, and, he, and he's, he's hitting him and he's going, he goes, that boy and I, we were creating a masterpiece, an exquisite, bloody masterpiece. And it was the most beautiful thing that I have ever seen. And I, I got to tell you, I love me some Blackjack Randall. By far, right now, he's my favorite character on the show. What? He is my favorite character on this he's show. He's the bad guy. Exactly. I've always I've always gravitated towards bad guys in shows, in, in movies. Anthony Hopkins being Hannibal Lecter, obviously. Uh, Hans Gruber, in, uh, uh, who was played by Alan Rickman in Die Hard. Uh, Dexter, uh, Walter White, all these anti-heroes, and 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 BJ is not an anti-hero. I mean, he he is, from what I can see, uh, just uh, a bad man. He is one bad dude, but he is so layered. And he, he you know he tells he tells Claire that he thinks that Scotland brought out the worst in him, that he he remembers himself differently before Scotland which i don't n- really agree with but you do see a transformation in that whipping scene you do see it i mean the, the, it's it's clear you see his eyes literally i remember i watched it twice you see his eyes widen it was like he became rabid yeah you know all you could hear was just white noise at that point he saw red and he saw and he heard white noise and he just kept going and but it, but it, instead it, of seeing red and hearing white noise, he saw something exquisitely beautiful. Yes. And that is the disgustingly scary bit about Black Jack Randall. It's not even like he loses his mind and he doesn't know what he's doing. He thinks that this terrible thing that he is doing is the most beautiful thing he has ever seen. That's true. And he says this, and it's years after the fact, that it is the most beautiful thing he has ever seen. And he tells this to Claire, basically saying, okay, I've told my truth. Where's yours? And she can't do it. She just, she can't do it. But, but more importantly, she starts saying to him, uh, like, the, you know, the fact that you care about what is going on around you, I think gives me some hope for your soul. You can choose the man you want to be. And this is where the genius of Blackjack Randall comes. He has played her like a fiddle. He has got her wrapped around his little finger. And he says, yes, the rehabilitation of Blackjack Randall. Sounds great, doesn't it? You know, something like that. And he takes her hand up. He calls for the guy on the outside. And he just pounds her. I mean, just gives her a dirty beating and says, I dwell in darkness. Darkness is where I belong. Mm. Now, we all know what happens. The beating happens. He calls in his friend from the outside to kick her. Dougal comes in, saves the day, takes Miss Claire off to the truth spring. But how about, how about he, when he asks the guy to kick her? 
He's like, he, he goes to his little buddy and he's like, hey, kick her. And he gives her like a little, like a little nudge. And he's like, no, 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 kick her. And he does it. Oh my God. And that's when you realize that th- th- there's no real rehabilitation for Blackjack. No, no, I, no, 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 no. Blackjack, and no, he's just bad news bears. Yeah. So, so we do. Th- Fast forward, plot line, it gets Dougal and Claire to the spring where he asks her one more time. Are you a spy? And he has a debt. Like he has his little dagger pulled out, ready to kill her if she answers the wrong way. And she says no. And he believes her because this spring, of course, will burn your esophagus, your gizzard. It'll burn your gizzard out. And he calls it, it's called the Liar's Spring. It smells like crap. But if you drink it and tell a lie, it'll burn you. And like, oh, Dougal, that's so cute. Then he tells her that he has to bring, he would have to bring her back tomorrow if she's a English citizen. So he needs to make her a Scot. Yep. And she needs to marry a Scot to become a Scot. At which point she realizes you've been speaking to Ned Gowan. You've yes. been speaking to the gentleman who knows all about these laws. And she looks and she's like, am I going to marry you? <laughs> and what was that What was that uh, line that he gave her? <laughs> I'd like to grind your corn. <laughs> the idea of grinding your corn does tickle me. <laughs> My goodness! Oh, God. I don't even get it. But I, I don't. Dude. I like don't even get it. I kind of. I no. 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 Just grinding your corn, dude. No. No. Thank you, precious. <laughs> thank you, Dugo, for that. But uh, I mean, he oh, had the zinger of the night. That was good, man. I think that, that that might be my favorite line. Next scene you see is Claire holding the marriage contract, and up comes Jamie with some whiskey. <laughs> Claire sits down. And she's like, Jamie. Don't you have like a girlfriend or someone else who wants to be with you? And he's like, Yeah, you know what? No, because not, uh, not so much. I'm a wanted man. I don't have any money. So uh, are you sure you want to do this? Pretty much. And she says, Does it bother you that I'm not a virgin? And then squeals around the world were heard because he says, Does it bother you that I am? Oh my God! And every woman's pants just just fell <laughs> that was the end every woman just and then he leaves <sighs> it with one extra zinger saying that he's glad that at least someone knows like that one of them needs to know what they're doing yeah <laughs> love it love you jamie fraser what are we doing oh my god oh my goodness and claire ends marching off grabbing his whiskey and walking off into the Can we the talk sunset. about that that contract like at the top of the the top of the page it said wedding contract Love or it. marriage contract. Why didn't we have something like that? <laughs> we should have. <laughs> Would have made it feel a lot more official. Oh my god. I mean, I, I know it's official and all. Vir- really he's a virgin. Of course he's a virgin. He's he's, un- he's, he's perfect. He's a very Jamie is someone who is very religious and he takes these things seriously. Uh, then why is he getting married to someone that he don't even know if be- he takes it seriously? Because he's going to get married. He's going to be saving her. She is his friend. He doesn't think anyone's going to marry her anyway. And I'm going to put a little uh, little spoiler in here for you. Jamie thinks Claire's hot. <laughs> That's no spoiler. I'll tell you that. Jamie, Jamie is uh, hankering for a hunk of Claire. <laughs> Right, so he's the captain of the Claire train. Like, if you were told he wants to grind her corn real good, listen, Blake. If 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 you just magically transported in time and had to marry Jessica Alba, like you just had to. See, I wouldn't do it. I'm not into Jessica Alba. Who are you into? 
Oh, you know, I'm in a Jennifer Conley. Okay, so if Jennifer Conley was like, hi, nobody wants to marry me, and we have to get married, and you're in a totally different time frame, and your wife doesn't exist, so I'm really sorry, but will you marry me? You'd be like, um, I guess so. I <laughs> oh, guess shucks, so. Jennifer. Let's go grind corn. Yeah, oh God. Okay, well, that'll be next episode. So that was the episode. This episode, again, was by far the best episode of the series. And, and and because of BJR, yes, number one. But also because in my eyes, this episode, something actually really happened. Well, you know who disagrees with you? Who? We had an email from our friend Fern who thinks that this was the worst episode. Really? She said that it was too much, too long, and did not advance the story enough. Too much variation from the book with no reason to do so. Because as I told you, a lot of this was different than the book. She thinks that it didn't even advance the story. And we get all wackadoo and how sadistic JBR is. But, oh, Blackjack Randall is, sorry. She usually rewatches each episode several times. But Fern doesn't think she's going to. Fern? Love you. Lots of love. You got your own opinion. You're entitled to it. This is America. It's a free country. But you're so freaking wrong. You are so wrong. In the, the, your opinion, Blake, okay. you need to be careful. You need to speak like you're running for Mrs. Amer- Miss America. <laughs> in my personal opinion. In my personal opinion. No. In, in my personal opinion, this episode did the most in terms of moving the narrative forward. So maybe that's what it is. For us book readers... We saw what was not included. Mm-hmm. We've been hankering for a wedding forever, forever. So, yeah, it's just everybody's just waiting for that moment. And for you non-book readers, you feel like you needed this. Yeah, because nothing in the first five episodes really happened. I mean, I can't say nothing, but not a lot happened. You saw it's a lot of exposition. It's a lot of world building. It's a lot of building relationships. I get it. But nothing really happened until they finally got her out of Castle Leoc, which was great. But they finally created some kind of conflict. And I got a little worried. And this is why I didn't love this show. And that's why I wasn't really excited to see it. Because all the best shows in, in television history, Lost, 24, Breaking Bad, Mad Men, um, The Good Wife, uh, all these great... like cornerstone staple shows game of thrones the wire they all hooked everybody within the first three episodes everybody now even the leftovers it hooked you within the third episode and 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 this wasn't this was no spoiler alert finding out that john locke was in a wheelchair you know what I mean? This was no connection like uh, they had in Leftovers in Episode 3 in the Reverend Matt episode. This was none of that. But it was pretty darn close. The, and the, a, lot, a lot of shows grip you with mystery or action or the writing. This show finally gripped me with the acting job by Tobias Menzies. They finally introduced a character that was fleshed out and actually posed a real utter threat to uh, Claire and Jamie and the rest of the Scots. This man has taken a, a, a severely personal stance against them. And this is going to create a massive conflict going forward. And that's how it, it, it actually did something. 
it brought the story forward. It's, it's created a conflict. now, Especially for you non-book readers. I yeah. guess that's where it is. For us who have read it, we get it. We just want to hurry up to the wedding and the wedding <laughs> night. So Fern, I can understand. And you did ask me a question how I felt about Katrina when she was cast. And I think when I looked at the non-model pictures of her, I saw her as Claire right away. Mm-hmm. She is a beautiful model, though. And hot damn. If I could look like Claire, Claire without makeup, even with a butt pillow, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> All right, let's get to the rest of the listener recap. I'm um, listener feedback. Bev emailed in. She said, first, why do all these non-readers think that it is wine in the cup in the gathering? People, we're in Scotland. There's only one thing in that cup, and that is whiskey. And you know, you're probably right, girlfriend. One of the main reasons why everyone is cheering Jamie is that he managed to drain the whole thing, and it's still standing. Men, men can drink. And she also said that we mentioned that one commenter uh, brought it about that they heard some Dutch in Galus's accent. That would be because Lottie Verbeek, the woman who plays Galus, actually is from the Netherlands. Ooh. She is Dutch. Good job, Bev. So not isn't it cool that somebody actually heard it, and now this Bev has done the research, and they've discovered that she actually is Dutch. And I wish I was better at distinguishing accents. I know. Well, because you're, you're so used to mine. That's the problem. That's it. We're just stuck in my Boston accent. All right, Twitter. Elizabeth Taylor tweets out, The clans were in trouble before Claire, but her presence exacerbates the situation. Helen of Troy, maybe? Hmm, shrug. At M. Free tweets out, Grinding your corn is my new favorite euphemism for sex. <laughs> Me too. Val's Mochaccino told us that Reckon one of us should know what they're doing. Oh, quoting Jamie, he is so adorable. It's hard to believe that he's in this situation. Meaning, being in a virgin and not married. I agree, Val. I agree. Uh, Lady Raven 15 says, If it were up to me, I'd skip the weight and hand Tobias Menzies his Emmy right now. He was good. He was very, very good. Liked him a lot. But let's calm down on the Emmy talk. All I can say, Blake, is wait till the end of the season and you will completely <laughs> I'm agree. just saying, if he's going to go for an Emmy, he at least has brought himself into the conversation for the Emmy. Okay. Maybe next year is probably when he'll get it. Um, he's done a great job, and if, if he's going to submit something, this should be it. In fact, I would also argue if the show is going to submit for best drama or best or best well-written show, whatever, best writing, this... When do they have to submit by? Oh, I don't know. Probably uh, in a few months at the very... So before the new year? Uh, no, 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 no. I'd probably say, because the Emmys just happened recently, so yeah. I'd probably say by I imagine March because honey you ain't seen nothing yet about Blackjack Randall oh uh, that's I agree but it, it, in, at least in these within, within these first eight episodes from what I can see from now this episode is the one for Outlander that they should submit for the entire series all right that's what I'm getting at because okay. it was that it was that good Anna McCallum says the opening sequence it's gorgeous in its entirety but it's the boot step and lead plummets that give me the shivers every time and and Anna I totally agree. That is my favorite portion of the whole opening sequence, and that happened even before this episode. I totally agree. Phoenix Rising 7 said, Do you think if Claire made it back, would she have difficulty looking at Frank without seeing Blackjack? Oh, hell. Oh, my God, yeah. She, that's the problem that she's facing now. She's going to see Blackjack every time she sees Frank. And how could you, how could you blame her? The blood is there. A little bit of Blackjack Randall is in Frank. A little bit. Well, DNA, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So is that person 
is he capable of doing those same exact things? Frank is a totally different person. That's true. Mrs. Cuppy, oh, sorry, Ms. Cuppy, great name, by the way, tweets out, trying to watch the garrison commander, cleaning and playing with the kid at the same time. Is there a magic formula for this? It's called whiskey. (laughs) Lots of booze for you (laughs) and the kid. We don't really condone child drinking, but... (laughs) If you're little bit on the gums. Teething, like Arisa's. A little bit of Jameson don't hurt. Facebook, we heard from Marissa Mia Del Rosa Sutton, and she said that she loves Frank. And there is no Frank without Black Jack Randall. We just said that 100% right. Dina Cox Hervey said Tobias is absolutely fantastic. He's an awesome actor. He made the character of BGR come to life more than the book. Sorry, I, he, she did love the way that BGR entered the room and went out and dusted off his clothes, and so he wouldn't ruin the claret. And what about the makeup artists? Wow. The flogged back. There are indeed no words. All I can say is that this episode is definitely the best episode and also the cornerstone of the entire story of Claire and Jamie and BJR. Sounds like Dina believes with you, Blake, that cornerstone for real. Well, uh, several of you called into our hotline to leave some voicemail feedback. Let's get to it. Let's get rid of our New England accents for a little bit <laughs> and hear people who do not like sound like... Uh, Idiots. Oh, God. Is that what I sound like? <laughs> no, it's what I sound like. You oh. sound beautiful. Oh, I don't... Someone on iTunes said I sound like a yapping dog. Oh, my God. Well, that guy, you can call me and we'll... we'll, <laughs> we'll I'll give him the Dougal yeah. treatment. Okay. Okay. Jack Black, piece of shit. Don't like him. Would have cut his throat. But loved how he's dark. And then he comes back. And then he's not dark. And then he's kind of normal. Uh, I would have immediately signed the papers because I would have not wanted to go back to him at all. And uh, I would have definitely showed him a thing or two. Thanks. Thanks for calling in. And uh, like I've always said, make sure we have your name and where you're from so we can give you proper credit. But uh, I appreciate it nonetheless. Yeah, he is a bad news dude. <laughs> There's just no way around it. And I'm, I love the confidence that you'd show him a thing or two. That's That'd be awesome. I think that'd be great. Hey, this is Susie Burns from Haymarket, Virginia. I uh, have my whole family hooked on Outlander. My husband, my daughter, and her boyfriend, and my teenage son. And I wish I had a picture of their faces tonight when Black Jack Randall knocked the wind out of Claire. It was priceless. I can't wait for next week. There's going to be a wedding. Bye. Now, this is a girl after my own heart saying that Claire getting kicked was awesome. I, I like where you're going with this. Um, yeah, no, Blackjack Randall was was phenomenal. The thing I remember most are his facial tics, like the the the, the way that he pursed his lips or he blinked his eyes. Uh, Tobias Menzies was phenomenal. He, I mean, it was just, it was masterful. And the other thing I liked, too, was when he took the bottle of Claret and out the window, he poured it out first. And as soon as it was empty, then he dropped it. It was like a giant FU to the plastics and Delore Fart Quad. Um, it, it, you could just tell that he is an entirely different man from either of them or any of them. Uh, and and it, it totally captured his essence. He's going to do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants it, if he wants, and no one's going to tell him otherwise. And he'll do it the way he wants it. Uh, and, oh, oh, God, I love that whole portrayal. Fantastic. Hi, this is Will Turk from northeastern Pennsylvania. Outlander was an excellent show tonight. Black Jack has a black heart that will never see the light. He had me fooled. Thank you very much. Hope everybody enjoys the show. 
<laughs> All right, mark the day, everybody. Mark the day is the first guy to call into Outlander Cast, and oh my God, I could not be happier. This this is this is a special day. So any you if any women out there are having their guys listen to this or watching Outlander, please be like Will and call in. And my God, he is right, Blackjack Randall. He's got a black heart, man. He is oof. Bad news bears that guy, and uh, they, they, it's a fantastic character, uh, D- Diana and 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 now indirectly Ronald uh, Moore have created a character that I think is going to be pretty special for this show, um, and, and and he may as very well get the Emmy, uh, but it, we'll see what happens. We I, I want to see the ending of uh, this particular season, uh, well at least the first half of the season, see what happens. I got a really good uh, outlandish theory of the week about this, so we'll see what we'll, you guys will hear it soon. This is Beverly Shannon from Two Rivers, Alaska. I love the Outlanders uh, show and uh, an I too that I uh, knit with the uh, uh, Arctic muskox. It's called Kibute, and I see all the beautiful things that Claire wears, and we sure would love patterns. I see a lot of other people would like that too. So thank you very much for listening. Bye. So wait, let me get this straight. You have seen all the things that Claire wears. Oh my God, Mary's going to be so freaking jealous. And I'm even jealous. I mean, that that coat and the, the infinity scarf. Oh my God, you can't you can't get any better than that. I mean, it's, oh God, I wish that was me. Can I go to Alaska? Do I have to be there for that? I hope not. I don't want to leave for an island. I I don't even leave New England. All right, everybody, thank you for calling in. I really appreciate it. And like I said, make sure next time uh, you give your gifts your name and where you're from just so we can give you the proper credit that you deserve. We want to make sure that we have, we're able to tell your story and uh, give you the platform for your story that you deserve. So thanks, guys, for calling in. I really appreciate it. Our friends on Instagram. Instagram has been probably the most surprising way to interact with the fandom, and I am unbelievably happy. I, I'm really surprised at how well people have intera- interacted on Instagram. It's because we love seeing pictures of Jamie and Claire. <laughs> Claimy. <me. laughs> what did Gannon Carr say? She said that she was in tears, quite simply emotionally spent during that scene between Tobias and uh, Kat- Katrina recapping jamie's flogging it was unreal and she has never loved Dougal more than when he came into claire's rescue usually he pisses her off but tonight he was a hero the sls blog so that tobias did a great job sls blog is actually just a book as is not a book reader so sls blog has been questioning whether or not this was the same actor for these characters and was thinking that he was a good guy for a while because she hasn't read the book but Oh, everything that happened this episode definitely changed her mind. How could these two men be related? Oh, that's just the DNA tree, girlfriend. That's Cr- that's how it goes. Krista Thomas said that Tobias was scary as hell. That charm, the warmth in his voice as he tells the story of the flogging. And each word is a caress. Mm. It's true. It's like talking about hot chocolate except <laughs> terrible anyway Krista hot Krista chocolate? said it is he was like pretty much being like it was the best hot chocolate ever <laughs> I mean that's what I want right now is hot chocolate and mm-hmm. that's pretty much how he's talking anyway Krista Thomas also said it was like he was trying to lure Claire into his madness subtle deft mercurial craziness the look on his face 
when he's stumbling at the end of the flogging scene. Mm-hmm. Stunning performance. Krista also wants to give a big shout out to Katrina, who played off of him beautifully. I, Krista, you have literally taken the words out of my mouth. I I wish you were actually doing this podcast instead of me because what you have said was far more eloquent and salient than anything I've ever said in this, you know, however long we've been recording this now. <laughs> All right. Excellent job. Let's hear the tweet of the week. At Inez888 says, okay, so I was supposed to move by Wednesday. But I'm still not packed, although I did have time for this amazing episode of Outlander, though. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to be in that same boat. Blake and I just finished kind of like buying a house. Yay! Yay! Congratulations, us. Big, uh, big announcement. Big, big announcement. We're going to have a whole brand new studio, too. We're going to sound a lot better soon. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Except we we should pack. And instead, we watch and rewatch and rewatch. And then podcast. And then we've gone Instagram <laughs> about Outlander. So we feel oh. your pain. That's why we really liked your tweet for this week's tweet of the so week. So Inez, congratulations on being the tweet of the week. We want to give a shout out to a couple more of our friends who have rated and reviewed us on iTunes. Random Chalk Talk said that Blake, you and I are hilarious and bring such a great dynamic to the Outlander world. I love and appreciate that you are coming to it from different angles to discuss, meaning book reader and show watcher. It definitely adds so much to the podcast and to keep it up. Thank you. We're excited. Random Chalk Talk. We want to know if you're a book reader or not. And LanderBabe39 says that she or he loves, 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 loves his podcasts. Um, they have a hard time weeding each week for the podcast. Aww. So all I have to say is awesomeness. Thank you, Thank Lander you Babe. Thank you so much, Lander Babe. Oh, it would be a girl, right? Babe? Yeah, Lander Babe. See, but I I, call, I don't really think a dude's calling himself but babe. But I call you babe. Yeah, that's different. I got you, babe. I got you, babe. What if we're grinding corn? What do you call me then? Well, see, that's why I got confused. If I could just do a little side note. If I, okay, when he said, I would like to grind your corn. When I look at the shape of corn, I think man, not female. So I was really confused. Blake, before we close out the show. Yep. What is your outlandish theory of the week? Claire and Jamie are going to get married. It's gonna be, it's gonna happen. Oh my god, no way! There's gonna be a wedding. It's gonna be great. They're gonna be awesome. They're gonna have sex. It's gonna be fantastic. <sighs> okay. Okay. It's gonna be a great sex scene. It's gonna be like Twilight. It's it's everyone's gonna no, be waiting no. for it. Okay. It's gonna be like soft and very caressing. It's just minus the whole vampire thing, right? However, and I'm gonna reference Harry Potter again. You're a wizard, Harry. It's going to be just like the wedding and Deathly Hallows Part One. They're gonna have the wedding. And all of a sudden... A Patronus is going to come up. A Patronus is, is going to show up. And say, the minister is dead. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. No, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. No, seriously. What's going to happen at the wedding? There is a very specific reason why Claire has said Kesseliak to PJR. Because PJR is going to go straight to Kesseliak to go get her. Do you think he's going to stop the wedding? And it's going to be in mid. It's going to be either mid wedding or just after the wedding. You think it's going to be when the priest says, "What is it? If anyone has any issues, can you speak up?" Yeah, BJ is going to be like, "Yes." As a matter of fact, I do as well. You know, like 
no, no, th- there's going to be a problem. Because he, he remember, he said, if you don't show up tomorrow by daybreak, uh, you're going to be considered the traitor to the crown. So you think BJR is going to break up the wedding? Well, no, not necessarily break up the wedding, but the wedding is probably going to happen. There's probably going to, they're going to consummate their marriage just so that it's convenient for that. But shortly thereafter, BJR is showing up to that castle and he's coming to get Claire because he's now he's got a personal vendetta against her. And that's what's going to happen. He's going to break the whole thing up. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Blake's Outlandish Theory of the Week. Let's close out the show. All right, let's do it. If you want to learn more about Outlander cast, Blake and myself, or leave us a voicemail on our hotline, head on over to outlandercast.com. There's this awesome orange button up there, and you can leave a voicemail feedback right from our website, or you can call our hotline directly. 503-454-6730. This show would not be the same without all of your feedback. So you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and Gmail. All of those are OutlanderCast. So Facebook.com slash OutlanderCast. Instagram.com slash OutlanderCast. All right, let me say it, let me say it, let me say it. Okay. OutlanderCast at gmail.com. Okay. The most important thing I need from you guys is to head on over to iTunes to rate and review this show. Reason being, we are about to head to episode seven, okay? There's only eight episodes before we go on a huge hiatus. There are a ton of fans out there who don't know about Outlander podcasts. They watch the show and they miss things or they feel all alone. They watch it by themselves, maybe with their cat like I do. And they're like, <laughs> man, I wish some of my friends would watch Outlander. And they Crazy cat ladies are suffering everywhere. Like myself, okay? <laughs> they need to know that there's podcasts like this out there. So here's what I charge all of you to do. Please head to iTunes, rate and review our show, and make a difference. Bring Outlander podcasts like us and like the Outlander podcasts with Summer and Ginger and like the Scott and the Sassanuck. Bring us to the forefront of iTunes, new and noteworthy, and show this world that Outlander is here to stay. Woo! <laughs> that was good stuff, girlfriend. Thank you. I feel I feel like I need to be a preacher. Like people need to be saying Amen. Anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you want to hear more about Blake and I and our podcast, we have two other podcasts podcast that we can recommend parent cast for all of those of you who are pregnant or think about getting pregnant may have a toddler or a young child and if you want another show to watch during the hiatus of outlander mm-hmm. blake and i highly recommend on hbo the living reminders no no totally the leftovers t- oh shoot the leftovers <laughs> but our podcast is called the living reminders That's correct. And it's about the leftovers totally different feel takes place modern time it it's a show that makes you think it's heavy it's heavy. It's heavy. But Blake and I will walk you through it, okay? Because we have a, we have a podcast about it, and we, we catch all the things that you may not. So And I, sometimes we don't catch things, and luckily people weighed in and told us about the things. A lot missed. of great listener feedback in that show. Everybody was so willing, just like you guys, to participate and engage with us. It was awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Outlander Cast. Once again, so thankful that you tune in. It really means the world to Blake and I, and we love interacting with you online. I'm Mary. My name is Blake. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast. <laughs>